Uh, thank you so much for what you've built here. It's truly amazing. And I'd be remiss not to say that because people like me have the opportunity to do what we do because you went before us and paved a way and showed us how it was done and lived full of integrity, preached the word uncompromised. So thank you for the life that you've led. And, and Pastor Jordan, I've known for about seven years. And can I just say that you guys are blessed with one of the best pastors that I know. You're phenomenal. Man, I believe in you. I believe in the call that's on your life. And uh, love you so much, man. I believe the best is yet to come. I don't think you've scratched the surface of all God's going to do through you. And this room is a testament to you believing in the next generation as the now generation. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for what you're leading. Uh, it's inspiring. It's inspiring to be at a camp like this and, and to be here. And uh, man, thank you guys for having me. What a great, great opportunity. And for those of you who don't know, my name's Josh. I am from Faith Family Church in Canton, Ohio. I've been going to Faith Family Church since I was two and a half years old. I'm 33 now, so I've been going there since two months after it started, and uh, I have some of the best pastors in the world, Pastor Mike and Barb Caminetti. They are amazing pastors, and uh, just grateful to be under their leadership. I get the opportunity uh, to lead a conference called Love is Red, which I know some of you have been to, and... Uh, Man, thank you guys for coming and supporting it. It's really amazing to get to be a part of what God is doing uh, at Faith Family. But, but I'm excited to get into the Word tonight. How many of you are excited? You came ready. You came expecting. Um, and I'm going to get right into it, if that's okay. Can you turn with me to Acts chapter 1? Acts chapter 1. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 5. My name is Josh. I'm married. Been married for 11 years next week. And uh, my wife is amazing. Definitely the better half. My wife, Jillian, she's at home with our two kids. We have Jude, who's five, and Weston, who's two. So they keep us busy all the time. There is never a dull moment in our household. And uh, things are always crazy. It's great. How many of you, anybody seen Toy Story 4? We went to see that last week. It was pretty good. It was all right. Anyways, Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, we're going to look at verses 1 through 5. Uh, in my first book, I told you, Theopolis, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instruction through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. This is talking about Jesus. It's talking about after he did the greatest miracle that's ever been done, when he went to the cross, died for our sins, rose again, defeated hell and the grave so that we could have victory. That's what this is talking about. And it says that he started talking to his disciples about the kingdom of God. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift that he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized. Everybody say baptized. Yeah. Baptized with the Holy Spirit. I love that word baptized because the word baptized actually in the Greek paints this picture of if I have a white shirt and I were to dip that white shirt in red dye, that it would take on uh, the color red. It would take on the color red, right? That makes sense. So it... it paints this picture of putting a fabric is red 
and I love this because this is telling us that when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, that we become the very essence of who he is. That the very essence of who he is gets into every fiber of who we are. And how many of you know that will absolutely turn your life upside down? That will change everything about you. Any of you like Mexican? Anybody? Anybody? Chips and queso? Anybody like chips and queso? I'm a chips and queso guy. It's like a love language. Man, it's amazing. Love chips and queso. The other picture that this could paint is a chip that's being dipped in dip. And how many professional dippers do I have? There's like the professional dippers, and then there's the beginners. How can you tell the difference? Professional dippers, you're going to scoop that cheese, and there's going to be enough of it on there that that chip takes on the very flavor of the queso. See, some of you are inexperienced dippers, and it shows because you dip a little bit, and then the cheese all runs off, and you can't even tell what you dip that chip in. That's an inexperienced dipper. See, you've got to get some experience. You've got to be a veteran in the lead. You've got to know how to dip that chip and get that cheese so that you can taste all that it is. And this word baptized paints the picture of that chip that just scoops all of the cheese, and it takes on the flavor. How many of you know that when you're baptized with the Spirit, that you take on the flavor of who he is. We're called to be salt in this world. And when you're baptized in the spirit, guess what happens? You become salt. You take on not only the fabric and essence of who he is, but you take on the flavor of who he is. That's not what I'm talking about tonight, but, but it's good anyways. And so if you skip down to verse 8, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I love that. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So Jesus, he's telling his disciples in this passage, he's saying, hey, don't leave Jerusalem until you receive this gift, until you receive the more that there is to have of the Holy Spirit. There is more. Some of you maybe are in here and you've been questioning, is there more of the Holy Spirit than what I've currently experienced? And the answer may very well be, yes, there is. Jesus is saying, hey, there's more. Don't leave here until you get it. See, there's a difference between the Holy Spirit within you and the Holy Spirit upon you. When the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you, he does that the day that you're born again. The day, the day that you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit came on the inside of you. So did all of God, so did all of Jesus. But there's an experience beyond that. And that's when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And when he comes upon you, that is your power source. He enables you to do what you otherwise could not do on your own. And so I'm so thankful for the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. And so, so I believe tonight that God's saying to some of you, hey, don't leave here without this. Don't leave here until you've received, until you've received the gift. See, Jesus, he spoke from experience. Because if you skip over to Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says this. It says, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. I love this passage because it says that Jesus received this power when the Holy Spirit came upon him. 
And if you read through the Bible, you, you get, gain this understanding that, that Jesus actually did no mighty works. He actually did no miracles, no signs, no wonders, no healings, no miracles until this time when the Holy Spirit came upon him. And then what does it say? That he went about doing good. That he went about healing all who were oppressed of the enemy. Can I tell you that the power that comes in by the Holy Spirit when he comes upon you is nothing, is it just, the enemy can't do anything about it. There is no match for it. There aren't any words for it. It is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It is power. The word power actually is the Greek word dunamis. And it means dynamite, explosive, miracle-working power. I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty good. If I knew that every day when I wake up and my feet hit the floor, that there is dynamite, explosive, miracle-working power that I can activate through my awareness and sensitivity of him in me, sign me up. And so I want to share just a few things that, man, God laid on my heart for tonight of why we need the Holy Spirit. I know that there's more, but man, I, these four are, are going to be what I share with you tonight because I believe that they're four of the most vital things that the Holy Spirit does, and that's why we need more of the Holy Spirit. But before I get into that, have you ever tried to live with no power? Anybody ever experienced a power outage before? Anybody? Um, I'll never forget... When I was 20 years old, I lived in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Why did I live in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma? I don't know. The only real reason that I lived in Broken Arrow is because God called me there. And uh, that was, would be the only reason I would advise you to go to. There's not a whole lot going on. Um, you drive to Tulsa about 20 minutes, there's a lot going on. But Broken Arrow specifically, not a whole lot, except for the Bible school I went to, which is Rama Bible Training Center. I went there uh, 2006 to 2008, was a 2008 graduate. And so uh, anyways, while I was there, I'm 20 years old, and uh, we had in Oklahoma these ice storms. And I, I don't know if you have ice storms like this here. We certainly don't in Ohio, but there is, there's nothing that quite matches an Oklahoma ice storm, come to find out. Oklahoma ice storms are crazy. And uh, they, they don't use salt on the roads. They use sand, which is a whole other issue. I'm from the north. We use salt on the roads. We melt that stuff quickly. They use sand. Anyways, um, there was this huge, massive, the largest ice storm they'd had in years, of course, while I was there. My second year of Bible school, they have this massive ice storm. And so my roommate wakes me up because how many of you aren't morning people in here, anybody like me, you're really not a morning person, I'm not either, so it, it takes a lot to wake me up, so this whole ice storm is happening, a bunch of like loud noises, it doesn't wake me up at all because I can sleep forever, and so he wakes me up, he's like, hey, hey, it looks like there's fire outside of our, outside of our apartment, and I look, and I, I wear contacts because I can't really see without them, and uh, I can't legally drive. Anybody else, you, you have trouble seeing without glasses or contacts. So I can't really see. So I look out the windows if I'm going to see what's going on. And all I see is a big ball of fire. And I think, oh, my goodness, this must be, what is happening right now? I'm like, is our building on fire? And here it was just the electrical box because a bunch of stuff got got frozen, but, but what ended up happening is we've got trees falling over, we've got all this stuff happening because of this ice storm. The other thing that happened is the power went out. For a week, the power went out. 
And so we were trying to live for a week with no power. And uh, the only two things in Broken Arrow that were open were the Bible school that I went to and the restaurant that I worked at. Because the restaurant that I worked at was called Cheddar's Casual Cafe. And I found out that week there was nothing casual about it. They were hardcore. They were staying open in the middle of the ice storm because if they stayed open with their generators, no other restaurants were open. So they would get all the business. So I'm trying to function in my everyday life doing the same things I normally did but with, but with no power. I'm literally going to the gas station and unplugging the, the, the refrigerator that holds all the pop so I can plug my phone in and, and get a charge on my phone so that I can actually have, have a charge and, and not be cut off because how many of you know we need, our, we need our cell phones. And so that was important. So it was like survival. See, see you can live without power, but how many of you know that it, it's difficult without power? So I believe that God is calling each and every one of us tonight to have this power. And here's four reasons. The first one is this. The Holy Spirit is a revealer, not a concealer. The Holy Spirit is a revealer, not a concealer. The Bible tells us that he's going to reveal truth to us. What I love about the Holy Spirit is he's going to reveal who Jesus is. He's going to reveal who you are. And he's going to reveal what you're called to do. And how many of you know, once you get a revelation of who Jesus is, and once you get a revelation of who you are as a byproduct of that, you'll do what you're called to do. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do, and nothing will stop you from doing it because you know who he is, and you know who, who you are. See, the Holy Spirit is the author of clarity and never confusion. Some of you have been looking in all of the wrong places for confirmation about who you are. You've been looking for affirmation about who you are. And I believe that tonight, the Holy Spirit wants to confirm who you really are. Because the confirmation that you are a child of God is the only affirmation that you will ever need to live the life that he's called you to live. And some of you have been looking for your identity, looking for your affirmation, looking for your confirmation, somebody to confirm your worth. And you've been looking for it in all of the wrong places. I believe that the Holy Spirit can confirm in your heart and give you a confidence that you never walked with before. Because looking for your identity in all the wrong places, you'll end up hurting more than you were before. You'll end up lost more than you were before. You'll end up more confused. That's why you see in our society today, there is so much confusion and so little, little clarity because the enemy causes confusion and not enough people are sensitive to the Holy Spirit enough to get, to get clarity. And so I don't know about you, but I want to be sensitive to his spirit so that, I can, so that I can live a life of clarity. I believe that the Holy Spirit will, will reveal who you really are. See, people might have told you who they see you being within your own limitations. They might have put a label on you. But can I tell you, the Holy Spirit will show you who you, who you really are. Who you really are. And he'll remove the label and he'll remove the limitations. Because he shows you who you really are. Once you understand who Jesus is, and once you understand who you are, there is nothing that can stop you from fulfilling what it is that you're called to do. 
The other thing that I love about the Holy Spirit, when he reveals things, he'll give you discernment on how to make the right decisions. Because how many of you know your decisions determine your direction and your direction determines your destination? So it's vitally important, young person, it's vitally important, leader in this room, it's vitally important that we have discernment on which decision to make, which step to take, that we're not going by all of the things on the outside, but that we're going by what's on the, on the inside. And that brings me to the second thing, the Holy Spirit, he always leads by peace and never pressure. We live in a world today that is full of pressure. We live in a society today that is, that is full of pressure. There is so much pressure. And I'm so thankful that in the midst of all of the pressure of our world, that the Holy Spirit is the author of peace. That he can bring, he can bring peace. And that's why I believe it's vitally important that we're not led by outward pressure, but we're only ever led by inward peace. See, Outward pressure will always push you into the wrong decision. But inward peace, it'll always provide the right path and the right pace to God's purpose for your life. We've got we've to be led by peace. In fact, my wife and I, we, we've lived enough life to know we don't move without having peace on the inside. We don't do anything without having peace on the inside. We went through a, a home buying process uh, of actually about a year ago. And, and man, there was so much pressure because in our area, there were houses and they would go for sale and man, they'd be gone like that. There were a couple that we walked in and literally we'd walk in and there'd be two offers on the house while we're walking through it. And so there was all kinds of pressure. The realtor saying, hey, if you don't put an offer in on this, you're not going to get it. And, and it would just feel like so much pressure. And every time there was pressure to make a decision, I, I wouldn't make it. I'd just be like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to make a decision. Because I'm not going to make it based on pressure if I don't have peace. If I don't have time to pray and get peace, I'm not making a decision. And I just want to share this with you. That if you'll learn that in your life, if you'll learn to only be led by peace on the inside, it will always point you to the right path if you're led by peace. We went through this home buying process and literally we walked through this one house specifically. We're walking through it. Two offers happened. We're going to have to offer above asking to get it. And I said, no, I'm out. And we decided to take a break from looking for a while because it was just like, man, there's just so much pressure involved with this. And we can't, we weren't ready to make a decision. And so we get a call as soon as we decided to not. And I'm like, I'm not doing it with the pressure. I'm not going to, I'm not going to make a decision based on pressure. We get a call about two weeks later and a guy that my wife used to work with calls and he says, hey, my neighbor's been trying to sell his house. And I think, that you should, I think that you should come take a look at it. To give you a little backstory, this house happened to be in a neighborhood that we had been, been looking in. It was in an area in a school district that we wanted to send our kids to. The only problem was there wasn't a house within our price range in this area that didn't sell within like a couple of hours. There were literally houses that were way out of our price range in this area that were going before they even went up on the market. So to give you a little backstory, that's what was happening. We get this call, and he's like, I just think you should walk through. We are like, ah, man, I don't know. I was driving to work, and I'm like, you know what? I think we need to go through that house. We went through the house. For some reason, it started out at a certain price that was consistent with the prices of every other house in the area. But for some reason, it just didn't sell. 
just didn't sell. And so it ends up going down $40,000. And then they lower it again. And then we came in with an offer under that. Somebody came in with an offer over ours. But because we knew the guy that lived behind them, they ended up selling us the house. What I didn't know was when Jillian was at group, my wife Jillian was at group with our, our lead pastor, Pastor Barb. She was at group with her. Pastor Barb had prayed specifically, and I didn't know this at the time. She had prayed that the right house would be held for us, that God would hold it for us, that it would be there, and that it would fall into the price range that we wanted to be in the location that we wanted to be in. She literally prayed out exactly what ended up happening. Can I tell you that we serve a God that knows the desires of your heart and can fulfill the desires of your heart if you'll just trust him and you'll be led by peace. What you might want, what the desire of your heart might be, may not be a house in this season, but can I tell you whatever that thing looks like, and you can even write it in a journal. Because here's what else I didn't realize. I was looking back through journals a couple weeks ago, and I realized that exactly a year before we bought our house, I had wrote in a journal for my goals that year that I wanted to live in this school district, and I didn't even remember writing that. We had looked at other school districts because we got discouraged. I didn't remember writing that something that specific. I thought I'd just put a house. But here, I had put a house in this specific school district. I forgot about it. Guess who didn't? God. See, God knows the desires of your heart even, even if you don't tell him the desires of your heart, if you just write it in a journal and you say, God, I'm trusting you and you pray that prayer one time and you forget about it. He doesn't forget because guess what? You are always on his mind. If you will learn at a young age to be led by peace on the inside, God will always provide the place and the provision and the purpose that fulfills the desires that are in your heart. But we've got to learn this is a trust thing. It's being led. It looks like being led by the Spirit because he is the spirit of peace. If I can encourage you with anything at a young age, it's be led by the spirit of God. Be led by his peace in everything that you do. Not by pressure, but by peace. Peace will keep you on the right path and keep, peace will keep you going the right pace. The third thing is simply this, that the Holy Spirit, he brings unity and not division. And this is a big one. The Holy Spirit, he brings unity and never division. He'll help you love people. He will help you to love people. Not just the people that are, that are lovely, the people that are difficult. Anybody ever been around somebody that's difficult? Don't look at your neighbor right now. Anybody been around somebody that's difficult? That's just hard to love? That's unlovely? He'll help you to love people that are different than you. He'll help you to love people that don't treat you right. Some of you, you go to school, and every time you go to school, every week that you go to school, you get bullied. People say mean things about you and to you because of your faith. I'm fully aware that it's not easy in this day and age to live a life boldly for Jesus in a, in a public high school. I can't say that I understand because it was nothing like that when I was in high school. Some of the challenges, some of the things that you're facing, some of the things that come against you, some of the mean things that people say, I can't imagine going through it. But here's the good news, that you don't have to go through it alone. 
that you can go through it with the Holy Spirit. You're in a partnership with Him. He is your helper. And He wants to help you not only to overcome that and have a confidence about yourself, even when people are saying things to destroy your confidence, but He wants to help you love those people. Help you to love the people that don't like you, that aren't nice to you, that say mean things. The Bible tells us to to pray for our enemies. Can I tell you that the only way you're going to pray for your enemies is if you're led by the Holy Spirit to do it, if you actually allow him to lead you and not your flesh and your feelings and your emotions? Because in every area of life, if you allow your flesh, your feelings, and your emotions to lead you, they will take you down roads that you don't want to go down. They will lead you to places that you don't want to go, and they will cost you more than you want to pay. But if you're led by the Spirit of God, you will always operate out of love. You will always take the high road. And I believe that that is one of the best witnesses that we have is just simply how we live and how we love people. If you'll live and love people the way that that he says to live and love people, you'll, you'll love those who are difficult. You'll love those who are different than you. You'll love those who, who don't, don't treat you well. I love in Acts chapter 2, after they experienced the Holy Spirit falling in the place, it says that they were all in one accord, and they were in one place. They were gathered together. They came together, and they're all in one place. And it says in Acts chapter 2 that after they did that, they experienced genuine community, that they, they enjoyed meals together, that they enjoyed community together. And I want to just say this, that the enemies of genuine community, the enemies of genuine community, they're competing and comparing. Competing and comparing. Competing with the people that you're supposed to be fighting with. Competing with the people that you're supposed to be on the same team with competing with the people that you're supposed to be unified with and comparing yourself to the people that you're supposed to be unified with. Those are the enemies of community. It's competing and comparing. We live in a society today that compares everything. So it's no surprise that we compare ourselves to everyone. But I believe when you allow the Holy Spirit to to have his way in you, one of the things that he's going to do is he's going to give you a confidence about who you are so that you no longer compare yourself, so that you no longer compete against other people, but that you start cheering each other on. See, I believe that we're called to not just not compete and not compare, but we're called to cheer each other on. That's what coming together looks like. It looks like we're locking arms. We're taking ground together. We're all on the same team because we serve the same God. And what binds us together is greater than anything that could try to tear us apart. So I believe even tonight, maybe you've had something against someone in this room. Maybe you've compared yourself or you felt like you were competing with them. Can I encourage you to allow the Holy Spirit to give you the confidence that you need to cheer them on, to lock arms and say, man, we are coming together because it's people who unite and come together that are the ones that take ground for the kingdom. It's people who unite and come together that are the ones who do the impossible for the kingdom. The Bible says that if you're united, nothing is impossible for you. And I believe that there's a group of young people. There is a generation in here under the sound of my voice that is called to lock arms and come together and the gates of hell won't prevail against the church that comes together. This generation is called to rise up 
for such a time as this because there is ground to take. But if the enemy can keep having you look at the person on your left and on your right, comparing and competing, you'll miss the people that you're called to, to reach. And I believe that the enemy, if he can't get you discouraged enough in and of yourself, he'll get you distracted. If he can't get you discouraged by, by your failures, he'll get you distracted by someone else's successes. And I, I've seen this happen time and time again. It's something that young people, we have to guard against. It's something that, that you and I, we have to guard against. If we're going to take ground, if we're truly going to come together, if we're truly going to unify, I think it's interesting that Jesus... He told his disciples about the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit was coming. He said, it's better for you if I go. Because there's another one, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, your helper. One who's just like me, who's coming. And he's going to help you. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. He's going to direct you. And then a few chapters later in the last prayer that Jesus prayed, he prayed for a unified church. A church that would come together. A church that wouldn't compete and compare, but a church that would take the charge and take the mission forward. And I believe tonight that some of you, where you've been competing and comparing so hard, tonight you're going to make a decision to equally take the baton and take the charge and start to charge the kingdom forward and start to take ground that hasn't been taken in your school because you have a confidence that can only come from the Holy Spirit. The fourth thing is simply this. The Holy Spirit, he edifies, he empowers, and he enables. The Holy Spirit edifies, he empowers, and he enables. I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit, he edifies, that he empowers and he enables. He empowers us to do what we couldn't do on our own. He empowers us and enables us to do what we can't do in and of our own strength and some of you in here up until this point man you've always felt insecure you've always felt inferior when, when God calls you to do something and, and you feel like you have this dream that's in your heart and you feel like God's really called you to do something all you can think about is the insecurities the inferiority and the deficiencies in and of yourself to be honest, I was a lot like that. I had a huge inferiority complex. I had a huge amount of insecurity about what it was that I was called to do. I, it started back in, in college. I was 19 years old. And I was taking a speech class. And I'll never forget this speech class because I never got higher than a 30% on, a, on an oral presentation. Never got higher than a 30%. I was terrible at talking in front of people. Terrible at it. I, I was rough. And, and every time I would get up to talk in front of people, the first speech that I ever did was two minutes. Talk for two minutes about yourself. Who can't talk for two minutes about themselves? People love to talk about themselves. Apparently me. I got up there, and, and 20 seconds in, I had nothing else to say. My knees were shaking. My voice was shaking. My heart was pounding. 
And I got to the point where I just was out of breath and couldn't talk. And I had to just turn and, and walk off the, off the platform. There were about 20 people in there. Um, the only people that gave me above a 30% on that were some people that were older in the class that felt bad for me. And uh, they were the only ones. And, and you'd think it would get better. It didn't. I had to do extra credit as much as I could. I, I aced every written test. But every time I got up, to actually present the speech, which was never more than two minutes, but was always equally as dreadful. Every time I got up, right on cue, my knees would start shaking. My heart would start pounding, and, and I couldn't finish every single time. While this was going on, while I'm failing in this class, every oral speech, I'll never forget, I worked a job where I walked around an apartment complex and picked up trash. And one day when I was picking up trash, I, I felt like I, I don't want to say I had a vision, but I just got this picture. And these messages would come to me. And I'd get excited about, you know, the word, because I always loved the word. I've always loved church. I, I've been raised in this. And I'd get excited about it. And then all of a sudden I got this picture. And it was, it looked like me. And looked like me and I was talking to a large crowd of people. And I'll never forget, I, I thought to myself, I thought, well, that can't be me because I, I can't do this. Like, so that can't be me. I wonder who that was. I wonder, wonder what that was. I remember going to my speech teacher because I had aced every written test, like I told you. So I go to my speech teacher. And uh, I showed up on the last day, and she said, hey, don't show up here unless you can raise your grade a letter grade by taking this exam. If you can't raise your grade, then, then don't, don't come back for the exam. But I, I showed up and for her to tell me whether I could or I, I couldn't, but, but I knew statistically that I could. I could get an A, and I wanted to get a 4.0. I really wanted to, like, do well in college, and, and so that was important to me. So I'll never forget, I walk up to her after class, and I'm thinking like, man, I can get an A in this class. I've got this. This is awesome. I walk up and she looks down and she looks back up at me and she says, Josh, listen. I know that statistically you could get an A in this class. But don't come back for the exam. Don't come back. You've worked hard for this grade. You've worked hard for this high B. Just be happy with that. Don't, don't come back for the exam. Because if you, if you do happen to get an A, I, I can't give you an A in a class called public speaking or I would lose my credibility as a teacher because you're the worst public speaker that I've ever had come through this class. Thank you. Man, I, I've never felt more like I got kicked in the stomach than in that moment. I'm going to ask the band to come back up and join me because we're going to get back into a moment of worship. I've never felt more kicked in the stomach than in that moment. But as I was walking out of that class, as I was walking out, I just remember God on the inside. It was like he spoke to me. Man, I felt so deflated. But God said the very thing that people say you can't do is what I'm going to use you to do. Because it's not about you, it's all about me. And, and I just want to encourage somebody in here.
that the deficiency that you see in and of yourself, it's meant for dependency on Him. The deficiency that you see when you look at yourself at face value, it is meant for a dependency on Him. I love that the Apostle Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, who we still talk about today, who pastored multiple churches and planted multiple churches, he's like a hero in our faith. He said, where I am weak, he is strong. He said, it's not by my power, it's not by my might, it's by his spirit. It's not by power, it's not by might, it's by his spirit. See, Paul had a revelation of something. He had a revelation that, that in the good times, that when things seem favorable, when they don't. Paul was also imprisoned, he was shipwrecked, he went through some things along the way, but through it all, he was able to overcome and say things like, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Because I believe Paul had a revelation of something. We find out later on in the books of Corinthians that, that Paul, he says things like, I pray in tongues more than all of you, meaning I'm full of the Spirit, and I stay full of the Spirit, and that's what causes me to defy the odds, and that's what causes me to overcome, and that's what causes me to be aware of the power that's on the inside of me, and then activate it on the outside because, because I live with an awareness. I live with an awareness. Some of you were at Love is Red, and I'll, I'll never forget this moment because it was kind of a full circle moment for me because I know, I know where I came from. See, people see you up. They see you talking. They see you with a microphone. They see you seeming somewhat confident, and they see this. But what they didn't see is when you were backstage on your knees dry heaving for years when you started because you were so nervous, but then you would speak things over yourself and you would start to pray in the spirit and, and all of a sudden you would have the courage to step out and do it again. I'll never forget this past year at Love is Red. We had a main speaker who is, in my opinion, was one of the best speakers that you can get coming and I was so excited to hear him. And I knew everybody else was too and so I was just pumped. I get a call the day before he's supposed to come that he's not going to be able to come. An emergency came up at his church. He's not going to be able to come. I'm looking around the room and I, I realize that every other speaker is flying out of town before that night. And so I'm going to have to switch my session and speak and speak then. And so I'm standing backstage and, and I look out and all of a sudden I see this, this large crowd. And wouldn't you know, some of the same thoughts start to bombard my mind. The same thoughts that I had back then, the same thoughts that I've always dealt with, with speaking, start to just come and attack my mind. You're going to choke. You can't do this. You should have never even started. You're going to go out there and you're going to have nothing to say. Your mind's going to go blank. You're going to start shaking. And, and all these things start, I just start getting honestly. I, I don't know that I've ever been bombarded 
that hard in my mind with that many repetitive thoughts that were just trying to get in there. But there was good news. I knew what to do with it. I knew where my dependency was in. I knew that I've never depended on my own strength for this. I've always tapped into something outside of myself, something beyond myself. I've never just done this just me. I've always had his help. I've always had his empowerment. So I started to say, God, I thank you that you've anointed me by your spirit to preach with boldness and clarity exactly what you once said. And I start speaking over myself and I start praying in tongues. I'm in a back hallway of the church. People start walking in and out, going to their responsibilities and how awkward they see me first on my knees dry heaving and then they see me up speaking and declaring. But guess what? I didn't care who saw because I need everybody to know that if you're going to do the call of God for your life and you're going to fulfill His purpose for your life, it's not going to be based on something that you can do on your own. It's going to be based solely on your dependency on Him. I was weak, Paul said, then I was strong. Greater is He that is in me. I came to encourage somebody tonight. Greater is He that is in you than He that is in this world. You overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the what word of your testimony. The enemy, he's been defeated. See, we've got to get a revelation that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, it's living on the inside of you. It is active. It is alive. Come on, how many of you can testify that it's not about your ability, but it's about your dependency, that it's not about what you can do, but it's about what He can do. I believe wholeheartedly that if you'll, that if you'll get a hold of this, you'll start to understand that, man, it's not, it's not your power. It's not your might. It's His Spirit. His Spirit is alive and active on the inside of you. His Spirit it is His Spirit. I'm so thankful for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And to be honest, I told that story not to bring attention to me, not to make it about me, but I can only speak from my experience and what it's looked like in my own life. And I told you that story because I wanted to let you know that if God can use me to do this, then He can use you to do whatever He's called you to do. It's not about your ability. It's about your awareness. So what we're talking about is more of the Holy Spirit. We're talking about more, that there is more. Jesus said there's more. There is power that you need to activate in your life. There's more. There's more. So what happens when you get more? I believe when you get more, when you get filled with the Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you get filled with the Spirit, what ends up happening is you increase your sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, you get more revelation because He's a revealer and not a concealer. You get more sensitivity to His peace and His leading because He always leads by peace and never pressure. You get more unified and you start to come together more. Why? Because He is the God of unity and not of discord and disunity. 
and you reach a whole new level of being edified, enabled, and empowered. You'll have an unquenchable passion and you'll have an undeniable boldness where everywhere that you go, people know there is something distinctively different about them. But guess, guess where that happens? That happens in, in moments of his presence. I believe that you're here for this moment for a reason. I believe that you're here for this moment because we're going to leave this moment never the same. I believe that we're going to start to sing out, and one of the things that we're singing is fear bow. And some of you that have been crippled and bound to your inferiority, your insecurity, and your deficiencies, that fear is going to bow, and a boldness is going to rise up on the inside of you that says, I can't be defeated, and I won't quit. That says, greater is he that is in me. See, it's going to go from head knowledge to heart revelation right here tonight because you're going to get into the presence of the one who created you and all of a sudden the comparison and the competing, it's going to fall in the distance because you're going to stand in all of him and say, if you created me, if you called me, then I'm chasing after you. I'll take the charge because he's given you his power. You don't have to do it in your own ability. He's given you everything you would ever need to do everything that he's called you to do. Once you realize that, you don't have to live outside. So come on, can we lift every hand in this place? Can we sing out like we believe these words tonight? And I believe that as we sing, chains are going to fall. I believe freedom is going to come because he's also the spirit of freedom. Where his spirit is, there is freedom. Some of you are going to get set free from thoughts that you've been bound to for so long. Some of you are going to get set free from addiction in this place tonight. Come